Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. Duval, welcome. To the 57th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast, I'm your host Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by my co-hosts Scott Klein and Hunter Evans. How are we doing today, boys? Uh, you know, rumbling, stumbling in here. Yeah, you <laughs> know, Wednesday after Christmas on a Monday, I'm tired, I didn't want to go to work today. It's been a long weekend. Happy to come do the podcast, but like the rest of work isn't very exciting. <laughs> my, my daughters have been getting up at like 5.30 in the morning. Just from the, all the excitement of new toys and Christmas and stuff. So it's it's wearing me down. Okay, <laughs> How about you, Hunter? It's hump day. For Wednesday. Hump day! I'm, I'm excited. Got my tickets for the playoffs. I'm ready to go. Yeah, the Jaguars' first AFC wild card, or first playoff game. Home playoff game in nearly 20, 20 years. Last one was 2000, 1999 season. It'll be 18 years. Um, it is sold out. The Jaguars released tickets to the public today, which is Wednesday, the 27th, uh, at 3 p.m. Sold out in under an hour. Uh, they had over 40,000 season ticket holders opt in for their playoff tickets. I'm one of them. It's awesome. Hunter's I'm, one I'm of them. One. I opted in like three weeks ago. <laughs> so uh, that's aw- awfully exciting. We'll talk more about that in a little bit here. Uh, this episode, as all of our episodes, presented by Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Jim Jag podcast. You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And you can go visit them at their two locations, one on Roselle, the original uh, and Riverside, and one, the other one, the newer one, is uh, over off East Bay Street downtown. So make sure to go check them out. Tell them we sent you. Good people over there for sure. They have hooked us up with some excellent beverages today. We got the 8-Bit Wit again this week, which we had last week. We also got the par- parking citation for a second straight week. And our Pop Top beer, which we accidentally already opened because we <laughs> suck. Uh, is the Duke of Wales, which is a combination of Bold City's two of their flagship beers, which is Duke's Brown Ale and Killer Whale Cream Ale. I haven't tried it yet, so let's go ahead and get into this right now. What are you waiting on? It's yeah. delicious. Waiting on the segment. It's I like you guys. It's I, too I, good. Yeah, it's... I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. I'm a I fan. just wanted a drink. Yeah, it's I'm... excellent. Just like a lighter version of Duke's. Yeah. Yeah. If 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 you're not that big into dark beers, this I feel like is kind of a good segue where to kind of start easing your way into there because yeah. you get the flavor of the Dukes, but it's not quite as heavy. Definitely. Um, but what if you're not a fan of beer at all, Scott? Well, then don't get out it. of my house. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 
Thanks to Bold City Brewery again, boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. Uh, we've got another watch party coming up this week. The Jaguars are on the road again. On the road again. Heading to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans, week 17, final week of the regular season. Lots of implications for the Titans in this game. Uh, however, the Jaguars, regardless of whether they win or lose, will be the third seed in the AFC playoffs. They will have a home uh, wild card round game, and they could potentially host the AFC Championship if both the Steelers and Patriots lose prior to the AFC Championship. Doesn't seem likely, but it is possible. So that's cool to think about as well. Uh, the watch party at Bricks Tap House. Game set for 425. We'll be out there around 4, maybe a little earlier. We'll have all our merchandise. We're running low on some stuff, but uh, we will have plenty of uh, All Hail Lord Ramsey shirts. We'll have Saxonville shirts out there. We uh, will have Jackson 5 shirts that are coming out tomorrow. We'll have Division Championship shirts that are coming out Friday. So we'll have plenty of merchandise. We'll also have the uh, Jaguar print hats. Those are selling pretty quick. And there'll be drink specials all day at Bricks Tap House. That's out of Jack's Beach. And up to 1 o'clock p.m. there will be complimentary brunch. So go check it out if you want to get up there early. They've got some excellent brunch before that. And they do have food after that. It just won't be complimentary. Uh, the Jaguars clinched the division this week. With the Titans' loss to the uh, Rams, but they fell to the 49ers, unfortunately. And uh, really, what was a tough game. We'll get into that more of that later, but it's clinchmas week, but still not the best feeling. It's a bit bittersweet. Now, the fact that the tickets went on sale today and sold out so quickly, that does get you excited again. Oh, yeah. Kind of like. Forget about San Francisco. Let's move on. But uh, it's pretty awesome. Sold out. Uh, and unfortunately, the Jags can't take the tarps off, but they would they would be able to sell all those seats as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Well, apparently they're doing standing room only. Yeah. They're going to be releasing, I guess, pretty soon. Uh, and then earlier on 1010, I think you were listening to it also, they are talking about how they're probably going to be calling the NFL the way they are sounding. Did yeah. you hear that? Like, I mean, we'll see. What, 67,000 people? Yeah. it's a lot of people. Yeah, it really is. Regardless of whether the tarps are on or not, it's going to be a great atmosphere. That was evidenced by, you know, the last two home games against the Seahawks and Texans. Yeah. It was just awesome. I think this will be... This will be another yeah. level yeah. This gonna, from that. This will be impressive because I think the seats will be filled. Yeah, and now there will be, like Hunter said... Some more tickets available over the next couple of weeks. You can follow the Jaguars' Twitter account for information on that. But uh, as of right now, all the tickets they have available are sold out. So kudos to you, Duval, for getting that sellout that quickly, less than an hour after the tickets were open to the public. People are hungry. Yeah. They're ready. <laughs> yeah, Duval is ready for a home playoff game. It's going to be quite the experience. I can't really properly remember the last Jaguars home playoff game honestly yeah. I was eight years old or nine years old so I wasn't I wasn't what I am today <laughs> yeah. in terms of football knowledge but yeah 
it's exciting and uh, not so exciting. Some of the injuries the Jaguars are dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wide receiver group for the Jaguars has got to be the most injured group out of any position in the entire NFL. It would seem like you know Allen Robinson goes down first uh, drive of the regular season. He's been gone all year. Rashad Green on IR. D.D. Westbrook missed the first nine games. Alan Hearns has been in and out of the lineup. Marquise Lee's been in and out of the lineup a little bit and has been battling injuries all year. Aurelius Ben to IR. Larry Pinkard to IR. Jalen Strong to IR. After he scores a touchdown in his first game with the Jaguars. Um, Shane Wynn also on IR. I mean, it's just been, it's been a mess, but... Despite that, Bortles has still had a pretty decent season. And when you look at the statistics, and some of these receivers have also stepped up. And the good thing moving forward is you've still got Didi, um, Didi Westbrook, Keelan Cole, and uh, Jadon Mickens. Jadon Mickens obviously is he wasn't a big impact this week, but mm-hmm. he showed he can have a big impact receiving and. You also hope to get Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns back here. So, uh, Lee didn't practice today with his ankle. Mercedes Lewis also didn't practice. And neither did Avery Jones. Mercedes, you want in there for the running game. Avery Jones, you want in there to stop the other team's running game a little bit. Uh, which the Jaguars weren't able to do last week, unfortunately. But they weren't able to do much last week. Yeah, it, it was just... Ugly all around. Yeah. Now, uh, <clears throat> Alan Hearns was back at practice, even though he didn't play this weekend. He practiced a lot last week, too. Fournette, he's good to go after having not a great game uh, against the 49ers. Cam Robinson, he's practicing. He has an abdomen injury. He's been uh, dealing with a lot of different injuries this year. And... Uh, it's not good for the Jaguars. I think he's one of their most important players to have on the field when you're on offense. Yeah, and I think they said that um, it's something where if this week was a playoff game, he would tough it out um, and just play through it. Uh, we'll see kind of what happens as far as him playing this week. Yeah, Josh Wells did not play well in his stead. Yeah, Josh, Despite his last name. Josh Wells made my butthole pucker. <laughs> his play... What does that mean for you? Yeah, explain, <laughs> clarify. <laughs> you've never said you've. It's, it, it just hurt my body. Like everything about me just went out the window. It was so Watch terrible. Yeah, it was so terrible. <laughs> it, it, he. Oh god, it hurt my feelings. I think I walked around. I was at my dad's house, and I was walking around, pacing back and forth, just slamming beers, screaming at Josh Wells, just how poor he was playing. Yeah, next time you do that. Just hit that record button on your phone. <laughs> video that. We'd yeah, love to see that. It was bad. And I usually don't get too angry at like games, so Especially not offensive line play. You're like No, it's just it it's so atrocious to watch how bad he played. And he hasn't played that bad, which is I no, guess not in the past. Yeah. But as he was just sitting there and just getting whipped the whole game, it seemed like it was just frustrating. Certainly is. <laughs> Certainly is frustrating. If you haven't already, please follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein one on Twitter. Follow Hunter at Coach H underscore Evans. Of course, make sure to check out JinJag.com for all the latest news and analysis. And you can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter <clears throat> as well. Let's get into Jaguars 49ers. We already started talking about it a little bit. 
Um, just go ahead and start off with the poor officiating. It continues to be an issue for the Jaguars this year. There's been multiple defensive huge plays that were called back because of uh, because of uh, the ref blowing the whistle early or ruling the play dead. Why don't we go ahead and get into that? Yeah, I mean the biggest the biggest one is the the forward progress call with the fumble that Dante Fowler covered. Yeah. I, w- I was watching it just before I came over here. There was no whistle till after the play. I mean, throughout the game, there were plays where they would, the guys would fight for yards for three to five seconds and just let it go. But it just it, it seems like it's not the first time it's happened against the Jaguars. It's not. I mean, it's got to <laughs> be like the fifth time or so this season that mm-hmm. that's happened. It's just, to me, it's it's... I don't like complaining about refs because because we shouldn't really I mean the football should take place on the field um, between the whistles not the guys blowing the whistles Um, but I mean when it's a close game or we're we're losing it's just you're fighting you're already fighting an uphill battle Um, it's just it's just rough I mean it's so hard watching every week and just feeling like, and it's league wide. I mean, right now, referees league wide, the referees have been doing a pretty poor job. I think yeah. we can all agree on it. But uh, in terms of the forward progress, yeah. that is a consistent issue with the Jaguars. Um, just not getting the proper calls on that this year. Yeah, and then even like there was a play where um, T.J. Yeldon caught the ball. And then fumbled it immediately. They let that play go. Yeah. They ended up reviewing it and correcting it. But it just it just seems like things are so one sided. And it was in, bad. I think the worst part was though, they looked clueless making the calls. Yeah. Especially the forward progress. Like he just had a look on his face of like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm yeah. just gonna make a call. And then some of this, even some of the taunting penalties or whatever. Like Rick Ballou said, he, he was I guess he was standing right near where it happened, and he, he was talking to Miles Jack and saying, "I was there. I didn't. You didn't say anything." And then he, he's like, "That's what we told the ref." And he said, and he responded, "Do you want another one?" Yeah. It's, <laughs> I just think it's. I mean, Miles did stand over him for a brief moment and give the kind of. Yeah, but it's we all know football. What it's it's I, such I an agree, aggressive but, game, yeah. like. That's You're not stuff, allowed to stand over the guy. You're not being physically I violent a video to anybody. Of uh, on the pick six of Eric Reed standing over Keelan Cole. Oh, but you during know, the play. No, I mean, I, that's not going to get called in favor of the Jaguars. It's, it's not going to happen. It was it's the same bad. exact thing. The it problem just, is you can't blame a win or a loss on the refs. You can't yeah, do it. And, I like complaining about it, but yeah, it's well and. I think, to be fair, we should complain about a little bit of a lack of discipline by the Jaguars. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, the, the unique one was bad. You don't go up and bump a ref. Don't, even if it yeah. wasn't on purpose, don't yeah. get close to them. Because they're so power-hungry anyways, and it's at every level. Don't football. give them an excuse. Yeah. Don't give to, them a reason. To make a dumb call against you. That, uh, the, the Malik Jackson headbutt, I mean, yeah. it's just stupid. Tempers are up, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, don't give the refs a reason to have that much of an impact. Mm-hmm. If you beat a team for four quarters, it doesn't matter what the refs call. You're yeah. going to beat them. 
Like if you give the, if you let the refs in the game, then yeah, then that's your own fault. It's simple yeah. as that. If you don't want the refs to have an impact, don't make it a close game. Yeah, and like it's if 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 you're up two touchdowns and the refs are screwing you, well, it doesn't really impact you that yeah. much. I think a lot of it is just there's a lot of undisciplined football being played. And they're always bordering between aggressive, the perfect amount of aggressiveness and yeah. overly aggressive. It's kind of out of control. <laughs> and that's one of those things with like great defenses that you kind of see a lot. We've talked about this before. A lot of the best teams in the NFL over the years have been the most penalized teams in the whole league. It's fine to be penalized for being aggressive, but there's a point and a time in a game where you do it. When you're down by a score and it's a very critical time of the game, like when those two unsportsman legs happen, and even Malik's on it was that th- what, third down or something, killer. it kills you. Oh my God. That's the problem. It, it absolutely kills any momentum you have. There's a time to be aggressive, and you might get an extra 15 or something because you're just being an intimidator, but when you're down and at that point in the game, you can't do it. Yeah. It gave them 30 yards on a crucial drive. Yeah. No question. And it gave them back 15 game. yards on a, what, a third, what would have been a third down. Yeah. So, very frustrating, obviously, for the defense. And the defense as a whole, beyond the discipline, just did not play well. I think they were outcoached um, by Kyle Shanahan and his crew. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's an amazing coach. Yeah. Like, people can't take away. Don't discredit Kyle Shanahan just saying the You can't just say the defense played bad and Kyle Shanahan's not that good of a coach. Like, a lot of both sides went into it. Right. The defense played poorly. Like, their one-on-one matchups... Our Jaguars defenders were losing one-on-one matchups yeah. that they regularly win. And then there was also the element of the scheme. You know, getting Paul Puzlesny matched up with Kyle Juszczyk out of the backfield yeah. on a wheel route is a complete mismatch. Yeah, yeah. it was just a, it was a great call, great execution of the call. I mean, they were then getting the rollouts. That, it was mm-hmm. just easy for Jimmy to pick apart the defense, which isn't something you've said very much this year for the Jaguars. And then I think, I think the defense really struggled with... Guys just on the shallow crossing routes, just, yeah. just underneath. The problem is the Jaguars' defense drops very deep. Their, their linebackers drop very deep. Mm-hmm. They're not really worried. They keep everything in front of them. It's, you can see it all the time. And I think the, the 49ers were really, really good at understanding what they can have, and they just took it. And that's what good coaches do. Yeah, and They I, game plan, and they prepare. They, they had an amazing game plan, and I think it's going to be an underrated part of the game plan by sending their main receivers on crossing routes, which forced Jalen and AJ to trail them across the field. And there was a and lot that's of... That's tough. That's a long ways for a DB to chase a guy for four quarters. There was a lot of pre-snap movement as well, moving the yeah. wide receiver from one side to the other, and really quickly and just snapping it. Yeah. You, you, like a, the more you can get somebody moving, and the more yeah. guessing and the eye candy you can start to move, it's, on, on that it's la- tough. On that last touchdown for Matt Breida... Um, Marquise Goodwin, right before the snap, sprints to the other side, and Jalen yeah. is he—he he would probably be the guy there to seal the edge, and he's chasing Marquise Goodwin across the across the field, and Burita just walks up the sideline. I mean, the the defense played bad, and you yeah. can blame it on a lot of things. You can say, I've seen a bunch of people post about, well, the defense played so bad because the offense put them in bad positions. 
or it's hard to be good when you got a field of a 40, a field of 20, and a pick six. I can so see you take that. 21 <coughs> easy points away. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be listed among the best defenses in the league, we, yeah, we were the best red zone defense in if, the league to if begin you're with, be and we were not on the league, Sunday. And if you want to be considered one of the best defenses of all time, do your job. Doesn't matter if you're on the one yard line. Do your job. In the past, Miles Jack stopped the tight end from going a yard yeah. after he's been hit three times. You in know? in the past, things. the Jaguars' defense was capable, like even earlier this year, of the quick change, being able to stand firm and not really let anything happen from it. Yeah. I, this past week, it just it was got torn apart. It was bad on all ends. Yeah. Well, and you get a Blake Bortles pick six. Yeah. Uh, that never helps. It was the first one of the year. They should give half picks, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I think we've talked about that. Yeah, I definitely think that's fair. His first interception was not on him. His third interception may or may have not been on him. It's hard to tell based on the tape. They, he could have, they should have given him a half, a half pick for Adrian Claiborne. Not Adrian Claiborne. Um, the safety who dropped oh, the yeah, easy yeah. interception. Yeah. God, so, yeah, technically way. Blake could have had four. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll have to talk about Blake. Uh, let's finish with the defense, though. Keep it on that side of the ball for a little bit. The defense gave up five offensive touchdowns. Yeah, I mean you just can't do that. I don't care who you are. You're and you're supposed to. You consider yourself the number one defense yeah. in football, one of the best defenses of all time. Uh, that's just unacceptable. And Telvin Smith, like we were talking about, he said that basically the scheme beat the Jaguars. Well, the scheme did help. The 49ers, clearly. But, yeah. again, there was one-on-one matchups that this yeah. Jaguars defense was losing. Jalen Ramsey wasn't winning one-on-one matchups. Mm-hmm. A.J. Boye lost one-on-one matchups. It was all over the field. They were just yeah. losing their one-on-one matchups. And when it's against guys like Marquise Goodwin, Aldrick Robinson, Lewis Murphy. Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. Who number, the men receiving. Number 84 born. I don't even know who that is. Uh, George Kittle. George Kittle. Yeah, George Kittle is a mismatch all game. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> the defense the defense got their ass whipped, no matter how you put it. If you line the ball up on the 10-yard line and you let them score five times, there's no excuse other than you should have stopped them. Yeah. Like, don't blame it on anything else. Like You know the situation. And Go that's not and something they're incapable them. of. No. I mean, they've, they've proven there's a very good red zone defense. I, just, there's, I think at the end of the day, there's, there's no excuse for the defense's performance. No. He, it doesn't matter what situation they were in. I don't care if it was raining. I don't care what. If you got stung by a bee in the middle of a couple plays. Like, no excuse. Like, you I can play the game. And I completely think that it was a combination of it was against a bad team, record-wise. It was they're sick of hearing about Jimmy G. They... I, underestimated them they, 100%. They didn't come I, to play 100%. No, no. I, they got beat. They, they thought they were going to walk over them. They, they did not, we did not lose, the Jaguars did not lose that game. They got beat. It's simple as that. Hmm. I, I don't think at any point, there was maybe one time where I was like, oh, the Jags might win. Well, I mean, you go into but, halftime. But I thought that was the time. I still, I still had the feeling, even coming out of half, I was like, the 49ers are just on fire. Yeah. And I guess the only positive you can see is the 49ers play probably one of the better games that has been played this year, and the Jaguars played one of the worst games, and they still barely lost. Should have, yeah. could have won. Yeah. And it, it was a game where early on, I was like, 
it's oh, going to be one of these. The games. 2016 Blake Jags get run it, out of the building. Definitely, that's a 40 to seven, 40 to ten game. Oh, Bortles yeah. is throwing 60 passes for 200 yeah, and yards. He looked garbage early on. Bortles, he looked inaccurate. I mean, he almost threw that horrible pick. Yeah. Um, and then turns around and completes like 11 yeah. or 12 passes in a row. Let's finish with the defense up here before we talk too much about oh. Bortles, though. Uh, defense played terribly. But I don't think any one of us would sit here at this table and and die the defense and say that they're not going to bounce back. I, I mean, it, it's one game. Time we all season. think this team is going to bounce back. It's to, it's to, it doesn't change the fact that I think they're the best defense in the NFL, and right. I don't think it should. No, bad, deep, good defenses get beat. Yeah, they just had a bad day, and they got beat, out schemed, yeah. out put. And it was one of those West Coast games. You know, all, both of the Jaguars' losses over the last nine games have come traveling mm-hmm. uh, out to the NFC West, Arizona, and then San Francisco. And those are their only losses, which is really cool to think about yeah. uh, if you want to get on a positive side. But again, we will blame – I blame the defense more for this loss than the offense. But I do think the defense will respond in a big way. Mm-hmm. They're just too talented and too prideful not to. And I think this game – it's an a, it's an AFC divisional opponent. Um, it's, Talking about the upcoming game, correct? The, the against the Titans. Yeah, they're going to refocus because they. Do you think they want to come go into the playoffs on a two game losing streak? Definitely get their ass handed to them the last two weeks of the season. No, <laughs> and we'll talk a lot more about the Titans game here in a little bit. But let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball as Hunter. Uh, Cracks another one open here. Let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, we are talking about Blake Bortles. Like you said, he started off poorly during the game. And it didn't snowball for him. He actually improved his play throughout the game. And got the Jaguars in a position to compete that, at the end of the game. It was very surprising to me. I thought it was going to be... Because in the past, it was always... If he starts the way he started that game... It's a snowball. It's just, yeah. it's just yeah. a terrible game. And an avalanche of poor offensive plays normally. And he finished 32 of 50, which the recipe for success for the Jaguars is not throwing the ball 50 times. Completed 64% of his passes. Uh, He had two touchdowns and the three interceptions, like we said. Uh, And I believe this was a great sign of progress for Bortles to have the rough start, to be down 10-0, to go down big again later in the game. They're down 16 nothing. Oh, right, yeah. yeah so, I mean, yeah, keep fighting through it. And uh, I think it it was not a terrible game for Blake, in my opinion. I know other people will disagree. But. It, it shows the thing that people are wanting, that so many people in Jacksonville and all around the league are wanting to ignore, the maturation of Blake Bortles as a quarterback. Like, Not everybody's going to come into the league and have a Mariota kind of year. Like, look what happened with Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Terrible first year. Technically. Well, Carson had a decent one. Decent. For sure. But now they're both playing on some of the best teams in the NFC. It's not everybody just hits at the when you want it to. Bortles has shown through his career he's constantly improved, and this year his improvement has been completely night and day. He's playing pretty safe football. This is probably one of his worst games interception wise, protecting the ball wise, but in I mean, terms of being a confident quarterback throughout the course of the game, though, it wasn't one of his worst games. No. Like, the Jets game was far worse. He, You could tell he was starting, I mean, 32 of 50, 
what it what that stat right away shows me is that they're playing and even watching the game they're playing from behind most of the game. Yep. Bortles had to put the game on his arm. We couldn't run the ball, and a lot of his throws. Yeah, Leonard Fournette's averaging two point seven yards a carry. Yeah, that's that is not a good sign. And it looked like Bortles go win the game. Bortles made some throws, and even some of his interceptions were almost like he was just trying to do too much. Yeah. Like the the second interception, or the amazing interception that happened. Yeah, that interception, the that second one he threw, it was a Madden play. It, it was, was like, unreal. It was literally when you're on offense in Madden, and you're trying to throw over the middle or maybe in the slot, yeah. and a linebacker or the underneath player seemingly jumps like, 12 feet in the air to go snatch it's, a ball. It's the one where you immediately pause it and go to the instant replay and just go, that doesn't happen! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. 9 out of 10 times, 90 out of 100 times, yeah. or 99 out of 100 times, that, that ball's probably dropped. Yeah. yeah. Right, just or a just padded down. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, was a ridiculous play. The only thing I would say about Bortles is there were times on Sunday where he... I wouldn't say he looked uncomfortable. He looked rushed. Like, he yeah. felt like Oh, he time. was. And, I mean, a lot of that goes back to Josh Wells playing and even, Sam Robinson. Even taking that away, just the whole atmosphere of the game. Like, he had the, the – you could almost sense, like, he felt like time was running out. Yeah. In the game. Like, not necessarily, like, bad blocking or whatever. But the throws he was making, he was like, oh, I got to zip the ball there. It's kind yeah, of there was trying one, to – There was really one where Keelan Cole – it was a it just kind of looks around like why did you throw so hard? Yeah, he's standing two yards away, yeah. two yards down the field, and he just, and he just zips it. Yeah, rockets it and it bounces right off his hands. And Keelan Cole turns around, and he's like, "What was that?" And when Blake has to put the game on his shoulders, you're gonna get some of that. Yeah, uh, like we said, the defense was not doing him any favors. And I, I don't think I have not seen it brought up yet on the radio or on Twitter or anything. Bortles is playing and has played the entire year with no receivers for the most part. Yeah, yeah. The receiving core he's had to play with has been makeshift. No question about it. I mean, <laughs> his starting receivers this week are going to be a fourth-round draft pick that everybody had questions about, not only because of his size, which is 170-some-odd pounds, been two and guys. also because of his off-the-field concerns. Yeah. And then Jadon Mickens who is an undrafted rookie in 2016, and Keelan Cole, who is an undrafted rookie this year. And then some guys they are signing off the street this week. Yeah. I mean... Davy Crockett. <laughs> I think he's playing one or two. The job that Bortles has done and did on Sunday in every game for the most part... And Hackett and McCardell, for that matter. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't... Hackett's McCardell's game... McCardell's the man. Oh, McCardell's done an amazing job. But yeah. Hackett's job that he's done, the stuff that you see behind the scenes and how... And even his play calling throughout the year... Has just been tremendous. I think he's the done improvement. I think he's done such a good job in really embracing Keelan Cole's abilities to put him in a position to win. Yeah, because right. he's, he's, it was an adjustment period it for was. a while, and now it seems to really be working. I think a lot of that goes from look at what we were thinking we were going to have. Mm-hmm. You were going to have a big bodied Allen Robinson, a big bodied Allen Hearns, and then you would have your fast guy Marquise Lee. Now they're going into the game with fast, fast, fast yeah. everywhere. So they've had to pretty much completely change their strategy of doing deep, you know, I'm taking my big man throws and I'm throwing them downfield and Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson make a play. To, no box I'm throwing a lot of crossing routes. Yeah. I'm, I'm letting my guys run. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to do. No matter how long you've been in the game, changing what you planned for so long on the fly 
has been it's a tough thing to do. Man. I think Bortles. I just don't think people are going to blame him for Sunday, and you can't blame him for Sunday. Certainly, he played a part, a big part in the loss. But I think the defense played worse than Blake Bortles played. Yeah, and I think a lot of times the receivers played poorly as well. I mean, well, you know, it was just, it was not all on Bortles for sure. No, and but the narrative is always just going to jump back well, when the Jaguars easy. lose yeah. as Blake Bortles fall. To me, the biggest reason for that is that third interception was so awful in such an awful time and an awful yeah. part of the field and it was a terrible throw. My issue with that is what was awful We don't about know though you what about the route. We do not know what that route True. was. It looked like he was expecting the back shoulder yeah. throw. That's a that's a side adjustment. And we no, the fan will not know unless A they come out and say it was Bortles made a yeah. terrible read. And the, the corner, or B you're in the room. The corner turned his head before Bortles even threw the ball. Yeah. He knew it was coming. It's, For them why didn't the receiver <laughs> so yeah. that one you don't know. I, yeah. I personally, that's those things that I've tried to say. Like you just don't. It just know. it. I guess I guess I should say it just it looked awful. Yeah, it did. The it had the appearance really bad of being one of those. What in what was that? Just pulling your hair out. Definitely, I, that's fair. And uh, I think we're kind of sounding like Bortles apologists right now. I'm in by no no way saying Bortles is the quarterback of the future. I'm just trying to be realistic here. This game was not all on him. It wasn't his best game. No. It wasn't a terrible game by him either, though. Football is the, probably the only game in the world that is a true team game. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, people might have played it and stuff, but I feel like once I really started coaching and I started getting into football, like, and actually having a plan for it and all that, if one guy doesn't do his job, no matter how small that job might be, it could completely ruin the play. A receiver on the opposite side of the field might not block his guy for one extra second, and that could stop a touchdown run of 70 yards. Right. So you can never blame one guy at the end of the day. And, it, and, it's not possible. And it's like you said, it's it's one of the few sports where you can't just watch a field and know exactly what no. was going on. No. It, you can you can speculate and, and try and guess, but there, there's no way unless you're actually knowing the play calls, knowing what each person on the field is supposed to be doing. Exactly. So, I mean, like like, like you were saying, he very well, it very well could have been a back shoulder read that the corner just played really well. Nope. No one knows. No. No, yeah. the only people that know are the guys that are in the room, downtown. Yeah. And getting back to it, it seems like um, while the receivers and Bortles have been doing a great job in Hackett being ready, there was a few plays that they just weren't quite on the same yeah. page in this one. There was, and you'd, have, you'd like to see that you know, improve moving forward. I think one of the biggest one of those was that first interception where Keelan Cole kind of settled into the zone because there was a, I think it was Eric Reed who mm-hmm. was on the outside that was kind of preventing him from continuing his route. Yeah. And Blake Bortles just threw it like he was going to continue running well, that way. We, and even we Keenan, Keenan McCardell and him got into it yeah. after that play. Well, we were talking about that beforehand. I, it almost looked like it might have been a half field style coverage where well, the guy was trailing him. Like you can go back the guy the the guy who picks the ball off. I can't remember who made the pick six, mm-hmm. but he was in full man coverage pretty much, trailing Keelan Cole the whole way across the field. So I'm sure Bortles sees that, thinks Keelan Cole's got a step. Oh, on he's got a beat, which yeah. he did. And of course, I'm gonna let my guy run. Yeah. So that's tough. And, and as a receiver, it's a terrible thing to do because 
it, it sucks, but you have to catch the ball. You got to yeah. make at least make a play. And it, and knowing you're going to get hit sucks, but you have to. And and being and the quarterback wide receiver relationship is so difficult because a lot of it is seeing what's going on before the play, diagnosing it, and then running it. And like, let's say you have to improvise and settle in when and because based on the on the post snap cover. That's part of the NFL game that's so different than yeah. what a lot of people know and are used to. Is there are so many side adjustments. Yeah. There's stuff that I don't even understand because I just haven't been in it. And I've had multiple conversations with guys about side adjustments and even to the NFL level where you call a play and what in high school or college would normally be called like a smash concept where you have a a high low on a corner and you're reading the corner turns into something completely different because the coverage has changed slightly and it turns into a whole different concept and the receiver knows it's not even a variation of a route it's a completely different exactly like if we call okay we're gonna call corner and a hitch on the outside but the receivers and the quarterback knows pre-game pre-snap all through the week if we see this we're gonna change smash and it's all automatic side adjustment into a scissors concept or whatever you want to call it or even the slight variation of routes that people don't even know. Like, everybody knows the route tree. But there's routes in the NFL that are ran that aren't even, like, routes. It's just literally run open. Find an open void or run away from a guy. Oh, and by the way, do all that in less than two seconds. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I, that's why I think as a... And I, I don't like sounding like the, oh, fans are all stupid. I don't want to sound like that guy, but you can't understand it. Like, it'd be like walking into a five-star restaurant... And trying to dictate and say the chef's doing something wrong. It's it's like going it's like you going know? to college and saying I know calculus because I got an A in geometry, in geometry in high school. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. But at the one thing you did bring up, and I we probably should talk about it. I don't know if we were even bring it up, but the the fighting on the sideline. Yeah, there was a lot. that was what what the hell is that? <laughs> I have no idea. That was crazy. Yeah, there was a couple. There was Keelan Colum uh, and Keenan McCardell. Yeah. Um, the big one was, was Aaron Colvin. Aaron Colvin and Malik Jackson. You might want to walk away. That's yeah. a big dog you're trying to fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very big man. I, and, I don't uh, think Aaron Colvin backed Yannick, down for a lot of people. Yannick but, and, um, uh, Coach, and Doug Marone got in a little bit on the sideline. Yeah, it was a chippy game. They were upset that they were losing. I think they all expected to go in there and win. It didn't happen, and it's frustrating. Uh, finishing out the game, uh, Keelan Cole, going back to him a little bit, we'll talk about him and then special teams and then move on. Uh, he had a productive day, 108 yards on six catches, but he was targeted 13 times. You've got to come down with the ball more than 50% of your targets. And uh, a lot of that, like we said, goes back to communication and being on the same page with your quarterback. You'd like to see him rebound and have a more efficient game against the Titans. D.D. Westbrook caught four of his seven targets for 74 yards. He continues to be a nice weapon for the Jaguars' offense. And then getting into special teams, Josh Lambeau, he had a very good game except for the missed extra point. You just can't have the missed extra point. Uh, Jaguars fans know all too well about the missed extra point with uh, with Jason Myers here before Josh Lambeau. But it was, I mean, that changes the aspect of the game. Yeah. Completely. It, it was a big moment in the right, game. Yeah, more so than the fact that it was a mixed extra point. It was the fact when it came. Yeah, it made it a you you got to get a touchdown. Though. It, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. It made yeah. it a four point game, 
where you really have to start thinking, well, crap, now we do kind of have to look at an onside kick. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put money down if they make that extra point. They kick it deep. Yeah. And they say, all right, defense, this is why we brought everybody on the defense. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really brought in any free agent offensive guys and go play football. Right. Make and a stop, get a pick, get a you know, get a fumble, something. Yeah, and that's and that's a thought. I mean, because we we talked about it. I I did not like that call to go for go for the onside kick, but maybe it was that was their plan. I think going that, into yeah. if they made the extra point of kicking a deep. That's a tough situation because at that point, I think as a coach, you might feel we missed the extra point. All that momentum we had scoring that touchdown yeah. has just slid off our back. Yeah. Now the 49ers really can take a deep breath. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, all they got to do is score a touchdown now. That's a lot. A lot yeah. harder than a field goal. It was a tough decision. And Josh Lambeau did play well besides that. You know, he got another onside kick, good to go, great kick. That was a great He made his own kick. only field goal attempt, and he made two other PATs. So he played well besides that missed PAT, but gosh, that was a killer. Uh, certainly a killer for the Jaguars in that game. Yeah, as I'm sitting there pouring a beer thinking, he's going to miss it. And I said it out loud, too, as he kicked out. I was like, yep. I could not believe how good that onside kick was, though. And that was the so sound good. that it made hitting off the upright seemed really oh, loud. Yeah. It seemed a lot extra. Like, That's what the sound It seemed extra louder. Like. <laughs> yeah, when it hit, I was like, ah. Oh, Insult to injury. That there. really hurt. <laughs> now... As you may know, the Jaguars have another game this weekend. It won't affect their playoff seeding. It won't affect much in terms of, you know, concrete uh, facts, but it will affect momentum. It'll affect the, uh, the scope of the division that the Jaguars are in, what's going on in the division. I mean, it's against the Titans, so if you go lose to the Titans... For a second second time in the season, and then you have the potential of playing them the next week in the playoffs. That's rough. So let's go ahead and get into this. Um, the Titans have to win this game to make the playoffs, and they're going to be fired up. Jarrell Casey's already come out talking. I think Boom. that the Titans think that they are better than the Jaguars, Which, that's, and the Jaguars have to prove that they're not completely delusional. <laughs> On their part, I, I, I agree. They beat the crap out of the Jaguars earlier this year, so it's not that delusional. And he said, like, we swept the division other than one game, which they got blown out by Houston. Right. Um, and he said, it's crazy that we're not winning the division, but it is what it is. Well, maybe you should have not lost your last three games. Guess what? <laughs> we have the same record in the division. Yeah. <laughs> it's winner take all on this game. I mean, we're still the division champs regardless of what happens. The Jaguars are. Correct. But uh, it'll... Sucks to suck, mayonnaise people. <laughs> mayonnaise people. Don't lose your last three games. That's what you get for up. having a franchise that says, you know what, our team colors are going to be blue and another shade of blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't feel any pity for the Titans. Yeah, I mean, we, we never will. Screw the Titans, obviously. But um, this is a tough game. And there is a conversation to be had about... Do you want the Jaguars to go all, all out in this game to win it? Because uh, if they do win this game, the Titans will almost 100% be out of the playoffs. And that will leave the Jaguars having to play the Chargers, Ravens, or Bills in the first round. I don't think anyone's scared of the Bills, but the Ravens and Chargers, those aren't tough, or those are tough outs there. What do you guys see with this one? 
I don't care. You play to win the game. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I go out there and get your swagger back. You got your ass handed to you, especially the defense. Yep. By a four and ten team. Hot go out. Team. Okay. Well, go probably, out there. The hottest team in the NFL. With a mean streak. Not necessarily like they had in, in San Francisco, but go out there, lay the wood, and just show them, hey, we own this division. Yeah. Have fun dealing with us for the next 10 years. There should be no lack of motivation for the Jaguars, even though the game doesn't mean that much to them in terms of playoffs, because this is their division rival. This is a game where they're trying to pick themselves up off the mat after getting their asses handed to them by the 49ers. And it gives them, uh, you know, the option to just kick the Titans out of the playoffs for the second straight season. Yeah. If you'll remember last year, their Week uh, 16 matchup with the Titans, they injured Mariota and just slaughtered the Titans. Jalen Ramsey got his first pick six. Oh, it's beautiful thinking it was. back about that game. <laughs> Christmas Eve, too. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, eliminated the Titans from the playoffs. You see the dumbass... Titans fan that got 2017 <laughs> AFC South Championship oh, tattoo. I'm so glad that happened. Uh, you see the Titans last year printing out their playoff tickets <laughs> early and shipping them to fans before they even clinched the playoffs. Sucks so, suck. you know, screw the Titans. The Jaguars need this game. Uh, again, it doesn't actually matter. But in terms of fan <clears> optics, <throat> I think it's absolutely a must win. In terms of the team, I think they could lose this game and still recover and win in the playoffs. But I think it would be much better to go into the playoffs coming off a big win over your division rival. Yeah, I mean, two two games, two straight losses. Two games at the end of, end of your season isn't going to change a 10-win season. Um, it's, it's not great. <clears throat> but they're still who they are, who they've been for the last 15 weeks. Uh, it almost seems like I'm hoping I'm right in my thought that this team is such a blue-collar mentality team. And the coach is a blue collar mentality coach, and almost the entire front office is that way. That they would almost not even think about sitting starters. Like that's what it seems like to well, me. Well, I mean, yeah. that Doug did come out and say for sure starters will not be <clears throat> sitting this game. Yeah, I think I think unless there's an apparent injury that they need to sit out. And I, like, there's no it, reason to sit Bortles. There's no reason to sit uh, the the def- most of the defense. Like any of the defense, really, who's hurt on the defense? Nobody. Unless right. you're Avery a, Jones. Unless you're a veteran, experienced team that's been there time and time again, like the Patriots. The problem is... Just go in there. There's been a lot of teams that have tried the whole sit your players out. Well, and you've seen it both ways. It, but it just doesn't seem to really ever work. Indy is the biggest example of me where they always yeah. sit their players, yeah. and it would never seem to really... It has work. worked. There have been teams that have... Sat their players and then done fine in the play. And who knows how many injuries it, it actually avoided. Right. But there, there's also been many examples, like you said, of teams not really having their edge once they get in the playoffs after resting. Yeah. And there's no bye week after this where the Jaguars can regroup or anything. If they lose this game, they're going to enter the playoffs on a two-game losing streak mm-hmm. and probably have to play the Titans for a third time. And it was... Just way too eerily reminiscent of 1999 if that happens. Where the Jaguars went 15-3, and three, all three losses coming to the Titans. I, f- 
I feel like if the Jaguars were in the mentality of sitting their players, you would have seen a couple guys come out Sunday against the 49ers. Because they, 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 they knew they were in. They yeah. they could they they could barely sit their players in the second half of the Houston game. Yeah. Like <laughs> when they've already clinched the playoff. Yeah. Like they're in, like they're up by thirty points. I just I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think it's smart to do it. I don't think it. the players would have let it happen. No, I <laughs> Well go, go win, please. Let's go ahead and get to the actual game. We're talking about all the information surrounding the game <laughs> and uh the game what's gonna happen, gonna happen for the Jaguars. Yeah. Let's actually talk about some matchups and what we see here. The Titans are favored by three, which really doesn't mean anything in the NFL because the home team gets three points. Uh, this is the first I've heard of this. That That's insane to me. Nah, I mean, I'll confirm it. but I feel like that's just them saying that it's an even matchup. And that is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely. That's, that's... I have been... I've watched, I think, either two of the three or all three of the last three Titans games. That is not a good football team. But they're at home. Their season's on the line. The Jaguars' season isn't on the line. I wouldn't say it's not a good football team. I'd say they're not a very they're not playing good football, and their offense is not very good. But they did some really good things against the Rams. Really good things. The that Rams. Defense, that was an impressive. That defense game. is very good when they want to be. The Rams gave them a <clears throat> lot. They were really keep letting them stay in that game. <laughs> I, I agree, but at the same time, the Titans did a lot of things early in that game and yeah. through the game that really should have put them in the position to win, and they got beat by a better team. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like the Titans' defense, I think, bothers me a little bit more because I think they have a better, bigger impact. They should have a bigger impact. Mariota's not playing good football. No. <clears throat> that Titans offensive line and running game still scares me. It does. And yeah. I think Derrick Henry is a man. And DeMarco Murray might not play in this one. Yeah, he's no, a question he came out, so Dude, he has a torn MCL and he might play. It's it's a light injury. If you're gonna if you want to get in the playoffs. That's it's, crazy. You though. can a t- torn MCL you can do pretty much anything on. It's the ACL where you have to worry about and sometimes the PCL because it, how it it's all about how the knee works. The MCL it's a very insignificant ligament in the terms of in the you know the overall in terms aspect. of the functionality yeah. of your knee. Yeah, I mean we we had a couple of kids this year that you know the meniscus and the MCL have kind of been one and the same for a lot of the injuries and I mean we had a kid this year that had a, a tear. I mean it's a sprain's a tear. Yeah, and the doctor said yeah you could play tomorrow if you wanted to, but that's something else. Now. Uh, Let's get more in depth here a little bit. Let's go Titans offense versus Jaguars defense. What do we see? Do you think the Jaguars have the favorable matchup there? Uh, let's start with the running game. Titans running game. That's their strength. Mariota's strength <coughs> this year. He has 12 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. So while Mariota has shown that he can beat the Jaguars, I think the bigger threat here is clearly the running game. Yeah, and that's, and that's what killed us in the first game. The second half, absolutely. Yeah, um, that was against at the time the worst run defense in the league. Yeah, we're not that anymore. The addition Certainly of not. Marcel Darius <clears throat> has completely changed the attitude as far as, far as yeah the run. And defense. they were the Jaguars' run defense was really hot uh, after they added Marcel Darius for about mm-hmm. five weeks. They've cooled off a little bit. They've given up some some runs. Uh, and some big rushing days more recently. 
but they still are much improved mm-hmm. to, to where they were then. And I do think this Jaguars team's been sleepwalking a little bit after knowing they clinched the playoff yeah. spot and after knowing they won the division. So you'll, I think you'll see a different intensity from them. Well, At least I, th- I hope that you do. I think the, the running game that the Titans have is drastically different than what the 49ers have. Yeah. The 49ers are a lot of outside zone, you know, stretching the field, especially with Matt Breida. He's a quicker guy, a little mm-hmm. bit shiftier. I don't think the Titans are necessarily going to be able to line up and bully us with that downhill power scheme stuff. Um, and really, watching them against the Rams, the main guys on that line aren't playing very well. Mm-hmm. Taylor Lewan, Taylor Lewan's not playing really good football. And he's lately. been, and I'm, he had some back issues a couple weeks ago, I believe, that they were kind of worried about. They pulled him, they pulled him yeah. from the game. I think... So the, maybe he might be struggling. The one guy that, that bothers me about the Titans and that really worries me and always will and probably always... Delaney Walker? Delaney Walker. Yeah. He's I don't care how long he's in the NFL. Yeah, he's an assassin. It's amazing. <laughs> he is the Jaguar killer. Every time you turn on the TV with the Titans, it's like, oh, shit, there's Delaney Walker. Yeah. And they have a nice group of uh, receivers beyond him, really, yeah. They haven't been the most productive group, and Mariota struggled. But you see, Rashard Matthews, Eric Decker, Corey Davis, a top five pick or top ten pick, yeah. Uh, and obviously Delaney Walker, Jonu Smith. He's a talented guy as well at tight end, more of a receiving threat. They have a lot of weapons, and they, it, it does scare me a little bit. They don't have. And I said it last week, and I probably shouldn't have. Well, it's different. I said last week that the 49ers didn't have a true number one. And I still don't think they do. But the Titans don't have a home run guy. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. Like Delaney Walker is their biggest home run guy. But, yeah. but to me, that's not a home run guy. Like I'm saying they don't have a guy that at any moment, Delaney Walker, I guess, but they don't have that receiver that can really stretch the field. And will go hurt. 60 yards on Yeah, Marquise the Goodwin could make Jalen, put yeah. him in conflict. And I don't think the Titans have that. They don't have speed. You know, Eric Decker is not a burner. Um, None of these Corey Davis is definitely not a burner. So I think the biggest issue is if the Jaguars can control the run, that really limits Delaney Walker because Delaney Walker is huge on the play actions. Mm-hmm. And if the linebackers can play good football, Miles Jack has to play football. He's got to stop thinking he's just so athletic he can play football and do his job and actually go out and play. To me, the biggest thing, and you could say this about any game, but especially this one, is do not let them get a head start. Yeah. Go out there, put pressure on them, yeah, make yeah. them play from behind. Yeah, throw the first punch. Make right, them. and that's one. That's been one of the keys to success for the Jaguars this yeah. whole season. They've jumped on teams early mm-hmm. most of their games. Make The more that you can force the ball into Marcus Mariota's hands, I think makes the Jaguars winning chance skyrocket because this guy man he's he has not looked good at all and he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this year what's surprising though is a lot of his game tape it's almost like they've tried to change what Mariota is and that's a terrible idea he's an extremely athletic guy with a really good arm his throwing motion looks terrible. I don't know what. Was I going think on he's so it. in his head. Um, Everything is so in slow motion with his with his. But his they've refused to get him out of the pocket. They don't do a lot of things that let him use his feet when he's throwing. Everything's been like in the pocket. We're going to turn you into a pocket quarterback, and it just doesn't seem beneficial. 
he's not a lot of his bad throws on Sunday. I think you texted one, and he threw it right over the middle, and it was just what the hell are you throwing? It was at? awful. So it was so bad. I mean, God, it's, it's it's to me, it's a lot like what happened with RG three. Except, yeah. well, yeah, even he even got the injury. They both came off Maybe an they're protect, and... they're trying to protect him more, which is hurting what he does well. But who last <laughs> year against us, he had what an eighty-three yard touchdown run. I think it was that was in two thousand fifteen. I think the or Thursday was it two night years game. ago. No, it wasn't Thursday night. It was towards the end of the year. No, the it game. was an away game. Yeah, at Tennessee. Yeah, because he it was like on a pretty sure it was two thousand fifteen, and he was gone. Yeah. That was Man. the game that was like a shootout. It was yeah. like 40-something to 30-something. That If they let him do that, I'd be more worried because their run game changes and it opens yeah. up wider lanes. And I think him not being who he really is has hurt them mm-hmm. a lot. No doubt about it. Um, aside from, you know, aside from the running game, the offense isn't that scary. These guys, the receivers do have the ability to make plays. But again, they're not burners, and they really aren't a team that have like Rashard Matthews. You're fine with him matching up with Jalen Ramsey. Delaney Walker scares you. Eric Decker, you're fine with him matching up with Aaron Colvin or with uh, even Miles Jack, AJ Boye, uh, Corey Davis. Same thing. Derrick Henry, he beat the crap out of the Jaguars. You've got to be ready to tackle that man this week. We need a hometown favor from Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. you're a Jaguar fan. We know yeah. it, Derrick. Come on. But, uh, yeah, other than that, on the offensive side of the ball for the Titans, they don't present much that scares you. On the defensive side of the ball, they're not that scary either. They have a good front seven that knows how to stop the run. Obviously, they didn't against Todd Gurley last week. But their their back end is they play No, but their front seven plays hard. They're physical. They're really physical, and they get after the ball. And that's something. And they, they beat the crap out of the Jaguars' offensive line. Yeah, yeah. and I think too. that's something that you can't overlook. A team that is willing to line up for four quarters and punch you in the mouth, no matter what happens, is a scary team. Yeah, because at one point they're going to get you, and it happened against the Rams. Actually, they got a the fumble the, for return for a touchdown. They're going to oh, get he you. He got in the backfield. Yeah, quick. and they're going to bring it. And I think if the Jaguars can. Really, what the Jaguars have to do is they got to strike first, but they also got to be willing and ready to accept the Titans full force, like right away. The yeah. Titans are going to come out. You would expect they're going to come out swinging, yeah, hard, and they're going to come out. This punching. is their playoff. And if, well, and it's Mike Malarkey's job. Yeah, yeah. Bortles has to be able to sit in, and he's got to be willing to take the shots, and he's got to be willing to take what that front seven is going to give him. And I think if we they do, they should win. Like. I think the Jags need to get the ball out of Bortles' hands quickly in the early part of the game. Yeah, I agree. Like, quick passes, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some screens, some shallow crosses. Just copy what Kyle Shanahan did last I week to you. Get a little bit of <laughs> TJ Yeldon and Corey Grant. Yes, there. absolutely. Yeah. Force those guys to run sideline to sideline. I think when Fournette's struggling, those guys have got to be utilized more. <sighs> yeah, Fournette has not shown that he can be that guy that can do everything. I mean, he has, but not consistently. And they haven't tried it consistently. No, and I think he with Hart... He had a pretty good block uh, on, uh, on a big third down play. fantastic block. Yes, That's great. He did. But 
Oh, on the the free rush on the end, yeah, I think yeah. it was the play action. And yeah. you know, he has scored a touchdown as a receiver, like no, lined up as a receiver this year. So But the dynamics have not been there. And I think Corey Grant and TJ Yeldon give you that sideline to sideline speed mm-hmm. that They're just shifty. should help yeah. Fournette really run the ball forward. Hopefully. Um let's go ahead and do some predictions here. You guys see mine already. What do you guys got? Let's start with Hunter. Hmm. God, I don't know. Like, I, I'm like up in the air with this one. I feel like that. I think the Jaguars are going to win. Like, I don't. There's not a part of me that thinks the Titans should win. Um, I'm going to go 24 to 14. Jaguars defense really steps it up. Yeah, I, but Delaney Walker has 100 yards pass a receiving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a frightening guy. I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I'm similar to you. I'm, I got like 21 to 12. Yeah. Just kind of, they, they, they can move the ball, but they can kick a lot of field goals. Yeah. I'm not so confident as y'all. I do think the Jaguars will win. I don't know if that's my head or my heart talking, but I the Titans scare me. The Titans are confident against the Jaguars. They think they're better than the Jaguars. They think they're going to come out and win this game. And they've proven they're a physical team that can fight through adversity. The Jaguars have fought back from adversity many times this season. Every time they've lost a game, they've come back and won. Haven't lost two in a row. Uh, And, you know, not losing two in a row certainly bodes well for the Jaguars this week. But it's a tough one. Jaguars don't have anything to play for. Well, the Titans have everything to play for. I think the Jaguars get it done 27-24, but I would not be at all surprised for the Titans to win this one. The biggest thing for me for and for the success for this Jaguars offense in particular is to eliminate the penalties on early downs. Yeah. This happens so often in this against the 49ers that you're getting second and 12. Third and 13. First and 20. Yeah, stay with the... You know, you got to keep ahead of the chains. It, it was just constant. <laughs> at, the, at least for the, in the first half of the game. Yeah. It's, it's just try and cut down on the penalties. And it you sh- they shouldn't be able to beat your, your defense. That should be what wins you the game. Yeah, but, you know, you, hope, you thought that last week as yeah. well. So it's tough. The Jaguars do respond usually very well to, to losses, but we'll see what goes on there. Now, that's going to pretty much wrap up our show, but before we end, want to go ahead and just each one of us give a general feeling about the Jaguars as they prepare to head into the playoffs. Why don't you go ahead and start, Scott? I feel, I feel good. Um, defense, they had a rough game, but it's... For, for Their worst game of the season. Yeah, but... It, to me, it's like a pitching a perfect game. It's rare. For a defense to have one bad game in a year, I'm not going to kill them over that. Let's see how they respond. Um, I think Blake Bortles is playing the best quarterback of his career. This past game wasn't the best, but he put up a ton of yards. He fought back. Um, I think the running game concerns me because they haven't really shown a lot Doing that, it's been hit or miss lately. Yeah, yeah. so I, I I feel good. I mean, we've won seven of nine. Yep. Um, we have a home game. Five home games in a row they've won. I feel solid. I mean, if the home defense, game in the playoffs that is not this week. Yeah, if the offense is clicking, you can usually count on the defense 
playing very well, or at least to a decently high level, I feel good. I mean, defense wins championships. No doubt about it. How about you, Hunter? Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like... I feel that... I'm, I'm fairly confident in Bortles. I feel like he can go out on any given Sunday and compete. I don't think he's going to be the reason we win or lose a game. Or lose a game. He's not going to go out and just shit the bed. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't feel like he's going to. I'm worried about Fournette's running lately. I don't feel like his vision, I don't feel like his his running has been there. He's not 100%. He, he hasn't been no, as dynamic. But the way he's been playing has kind of scared, scares me a little bit, and it kind of reminds me of Eddie Lacy, which is not good. Um, Eddie Lacy ain't ever ran over 20 miles an hour in his life. No, but it's the fact of what <laughs> Eddie Lacy was in college. And to Leonard Fournette's never been 270 pounds as a runner. I'm player. just saying the, the <laughs> play, what the product you put on the field, I, it, it bothers me a little bit with him. Um, the defense doesn't really bother me. There's people on the defense that bother me, uh, namely our, our two first two picks in the 2016 draft have been kind of frustrating me lately. I know people are going to probably chew me out for that one. But Jalen Ramsey has not played good football. Simple as that. Last four weeks, yeah. No, he's played really bad football, and he's a stud athlete. So that's what's made That's what's kept him up there. And I think that might be the downfall of both of those guys, is that they're well, such an Miles, athlete. Yeah, that's my biggest gripe about Miles Jack. But I think, I think that these young players are having a hard time getting through the full season. Well, I agree. Not because of hit a wall. Well, I don't think it's a wall. I think it's a wall because they know they're in the playoffs. Yeah, that's very possible. It's a mentality. It's a young mentality but who hasn't been around. If Jalen Ramsey is going to be the best corner in the league and one of the best of all time, which he has the possibility to do, when the best corner of all time says you're the best corner in the league and one of the best corners you've ever seen, you should be up there. Yeah, but you've got to go out and do it, and you've got to have the mentality that you're the best in meaningful games. He has shown up 100. percent in the past few weeks, when things have been locked down, yes, there have but been. at the same time, you it it's every day, it's an every every play. You, you I can't, agree. and his, and this, I feel like this is you will not see this in the future. I really because he's that. a young guy. I mean, I really think he's, he'll step up in the playoffs. But his play, his lack of technique, is yeah. what's really getting is irritating. And, I, and I, I sit and watch, and it's not what. We're expecting. Do you think it's going to turn around when they get in the playoffs? Jalen Ramsey? His technique, I don't think so, because I don't think he's technical of a corner. He's just a freak athlete, and even go back to the Florida State days, mm-hmm. I think his play will get better just because he's going to be hyped Locked up a little in. more. Yeah. But, and he'll be going up against the best of the best. It won't be yeah. Marquise Goodwin or Alter Roberts. <laughs> well, this, yeah. But his comment about Marquise Goodwin was, I need to have – my technique has to be on point against Marquise Goodwin. And it clearly and was not. I don't. Well, I don't believe all that but locker room talk. He's just saying I, things to, for sound bites. I think the offensive line needs to play better. Please, Cam Robinson, be healthy. If yeah. Cam Robinson's healthy, I think we're a lot better football team. Mm-hmm. And I still predict us to go to the AFC Championship. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm. I'm confident in this team. I think they're just too young at too many positions to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or to go to the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. I think they have the potential to win one or two, maybe three playoff games, but I don't know. It's just going to be tough because you're looking at 
the uh, Patriots in the second round. Yeah, Gronkowski oh terrifies me. You have to go up to New England and beat the Patriots in the second round. Good grief! If the Jaguars win a first round playoff at home, all and that's that... assuming neither the Patriots or Steelers correct move I mean, their seeding this week. Like if the Steelers lost to the Browns, it's highly likely that they <laughs> they lose in the second round. Just because of who they would have to play. I mean, if they go up to Pittsburgh, I have one hundred percent confidence they would be the Steelers, but not the Patriots. I just feel like if you let this team, no matter how young they are, if you let them win the first round of the playoffs, not let them, but if they get past and they start to get that little bit of oh shit, like, and I we're actually taking a step yeah. forward, and I think it's good that they're going to be going up against the best of the best. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody that they can overlook. Certainly Going hope not. I mean, I guess if they were playing the Bills, they might overlook them. But yeah. <laughs> you cannot do that in the playoffs. And I don't think that that will happen. So I think we're all pretty confident. I'm not willing to think that they can. Here's how they could win the Super Bowl. If they beat the Patriots, I think they could win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think their toughest matchup is in the divisional round. Absolutely. And after that, if they beat the Patriots, I think they definitely beat the Steelers, assuming the Steelers make it to the AFC Championship. And then in the NFC, there's a bunch of good teams, but matchup-wise, I don't necessarily know if there's a team that could be because you're basically looking clearly at, better than the Jaguars. I wouldn't want to go against I don't New want, Orleans. I don't want to play the Saints. I don't want to play the Vikings. The Vikings, I could stud defenses. And, yeah, I mean. Both of those defenses are really good. The Vikings defense better than the Saints defense. Come on. Saints have an amazing offense, yeah. and the Vikings have an offense that's playing very well, even though mm-hmm. it's not necessarily as many big names. you got yeah. Case Keenum at quarterback. No, but the, those two teams would bother me. Yeah. And the Eagles are a tough team, too, even with Foles. I know you Foles, don't believe in them Foles anymore. is a good quarterback. Foles has proven that he can win. I, 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 I've written them off, okay. basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, but... Uh, yeah, the Jaguars have a shot to do something here in the playoffs. I think they should win at least one game. I think if they win two games, then they're going to win three or four. Yeah. If they win one, though, like I don't, the fans and the team cannot be happy with the division or being a division champ. No, you've got to play well in the playoffs. And you know who's going to have the biggest impact on that player-wise, in my opinion, Calais Campbell, Paul Puzlowski, yeah. Mercedes yeah. Lewis, Barry Church. These guys know how hard it is to get here. And Especially Puzlesny. They're getting to the shot. end of their careers, mm-hmm. yeah. and they need to win. So I think those guys really need to rally the troops, and I think they will. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun to see what happens with the Jaguars over the next few weeks. I do like what they did where on, on, their, on one of the walls leading out of the locker room, they have the results of every single AFC South game yeah, they played this year. Division. Yeah, win the division, and there's the big so they see L, that the big loss. red L next to the Titans' loss. Yeah, I agree. That's good. <laughs> I can't remember who tweeted that out, but that's good. Maybe I think it might have been Mike K. Hmm. But anyways, a uh, lot of fun coming up. Watch party this weekend at Bricks Tap House. Come out. We'll have all our gear out there. Drink specials all day. Free or complimentary brunch until 1 p.m. And uh, it'll be a damn good time, New Year's Eve. Hopefully eliminate the Titans from the playoffs. You can follow Scott Klein on Twitter at ScottKlein1. Follow Hunter Evans at CoachH underscore Evans. And you can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to check out Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. 
You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And you can check them out, uh, go hang out with them on Roselle in Riverside or East Bay Street in downtown. And that's going to do it for the show. We appreciate all of our listeners. Please follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us on iTunes Podcast. Leave us a review if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Check out our website for all the coolest and most fun Gen Jag gear. Jaguars unofficial fan gear. We've got Jackson 5, Jalen Ramsey, all hail Lord Ramsey. A lot of fun stuff, so go check it out. And uh, leave us any feedback you might have about the show. We really appreciate all of, all of our listeners. We love Duval. We're excited for the playoffs, and we're excited to hopefully eliminate the Titans from those same playoffs. Have a great rest of your week, Duval. And uh, can't wait to see everybody out at the bank in a couple weeks for our first playoff game, home playoff game, since 2000. So soon. All right, guys. So soon. That's it for the Gen Jag Podcast. Thanks for listening. Go Jags. Thanks so much for listening to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at genjag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.